Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Nav's Effect. And today I have two friends coming on with me, two friends I met during my time covering the UAP. One of them is a player, has championships to his resume. So that's something to be proud of. And another one, I believe, might have been the lucky charm of this team who won a couple of consecutive championships in the UAP. Today, I am joined by Rafi Verano and Franny Reyes. Rafi, Franny, how are you both doing? Thanks for joining me this random Wednesday. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we get into anything, I first want to ask, like, what's new with you guys? Let's start with you, Franny. I know you're busy nowadays with a lot of content you're coming out with. Yeah, no, I I started a full-time job not related to sports, but it's okay. It's still fun. Um, I work for, like, a fintech startup now. Um, But outside of that, I also produce videos for Puso Pilipinas part-time and I also do a bit of marketing for them so I've been busy these days um still doing some things related to sports haven't let that go completely that's great that's great I mean a lot of times where your passions start kind of lead you throughout the rest of the way of your career so to some degree sports might be associated with you and what you do for quite some time how about you, Rafi? No games going on right now. I believe classes are still going on, though. But, you know, for an athlete who's so used to being up and about, working every day, having all this energy, you know? Like, what's it been like? What's the adjustment? What's uh, been the adjustment like? Yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been real tough, to be honest, especially the start of quarantine and, you know, COVID hitting. And uh, I've just been kind of just getting a workout every day kind of get like you know a run in here and there and a court if i can especially because of everything going on so it's a lot harder now uh actually recently got a pc last year i think during quarantine so i've been on that most of my days stuff like that uh i've been trying to read a lot lately start meditating in the morning never look at you go morning or breakfast guy but you know i'm trying to change so i guess (laughs) Yeah, you know, since I got into like a serious relationship too, I started having breakfast and meditating too. So maybe that kind of played a role into what you've been doing now too. Yeah, but you I, know, no, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, I think that that's it. Because uh, <laughs> Fran and I once time went out, I think, to get something. like, And then we passed by like, uh, what was it? National Bookstore. And I just, was just looking around and I was like, maybe I want to read. She bought some books. And I was like, hmm. Maybe I'll join you. <laughs> Good job, Franny. Great job there. Thank you. Uh, thank so, you. So, Rafi, if in 20, I think 2015, when you, you committed to Atenea, right? I remember I interviewed you. That, wow, six years ago. That's crazy to think of. That's so long. <laughs> Amazing. But, you know, back then, you were 100% California boy. You know, when I was talking to you, like with the accent and the style uh, and the yeah, yeah. laid-back, chill attitude. So now, six years later, if you had to gauge it, how many percent of your is California? How many percent of you is Manila? I think... Uh... It kind of goes, <laughs> I think I'm 70, 30 Filipino right now. <laughs> and I think I'm at 100% when I'm out here. And then, you know, when I get back to home or whatever, it's a whole different whole different vibe for me. You know, I'm kind of more back to my you know, Cali slang and all that. And whenever I see someone that's, you know, Filipino, I, I my Filipino comes out, you know, so I start speaking, you know, Taglish, you know, sentences I can say here and there. And then when I see yeah. like my American friends that aren't 
Filipino or they don't understand Tagalog. I'm just like, hey, man, <laughs> So how often did you used to have avocado toast all the time? And has, has that changed now? Now it's more like pandesal and... What's a, Franny, what's a usual custom here for breakfast? Pandesal and butter? Pandesal and... I like dangit, uh, all the fried dangit. foods. Oh my gosh, yeah. he, he would never... <laughs> Tapa and rice, that's yummy though. That's one mm. thing the Philippines will have over the US in terms of breakfast food. Uh, you know what, um, let's stick with this a little bit. So I want to get both your perspectives on this. So Rafi, what's been the most uh, Filipinoized version of you? Like what part of Filipino culture has really affected you the most? And Franny, as someone who, you know, I guess I'm guessing you talk to Rafi often, see him every now and then. Like what have you noticed the most that has changed in terms of him being more Filipino? I already see the smile. First? I'm so excited for this. <laughs> no, you, you can go first, Raph. I think you I'm should trying, I'm defend trying to, yourself I'm trying, first. To, I'm trying to think. Because then, like, maybe when you say something, then it'll hit me what I want to say. So you can go first. You can go first. I like that. Okay. All right. Let me see. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to say this on record, but definitely his swearing in games. <laughs> I can, like, okay, okay, that's true. That's true. Like, um, I've never heard his Tagalog more lutong than when he's when when when, than when he's swearing. Ooh, <laughs> got me there. No, but I think that's because you know, having this quarantine, I met a lot of friends that you know play video games also, and like they're they're Tagalog based. Like, they're really they speak so much Tagalog and Filipino that like it right. It rubs up off rubs off on me so every time you know something bad happens in game like let's say warzone or like you know, valorant i'm over here you know swearing my lungs out <laughs> in tagalog and one time we were on the phone and she was watching because i was like oh why don't you just keep me company while i play and i don't think she ever wants to keep me company uh, <laughs> anymore after that but she yeah, might have I, seen I, a new side of you <laughs> yeah. but i can i can say that that's a huge thing but then me if i'm answering i think uh, a lot of a lot of like the small stuff you know like filipinos you know they have a lot of small stuff that they interpretate in their daily life or like you know their life and i think that was like for example you know going to going to church every weekend like on saturday or sundays in the states i never really never really went to church every every weekend you know like as in here everyone listens to mass you know i mean it's harder now especially in during these times, you know, everything's online. But, you know, people still find a way. Even me, sometimes I try and find a way if I can, you know, even if it's just reading what, what the readings are, you know, for the mass and stuff like that. Those are a little... Filipino time. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. But I've always been known to be, you know, on Filipino time from the state. So I think... Uh, <laughs> so... Franny, let's say you guys decide to meet at 7 p.m. What time will Rafi show up? No, honestly, I'm on time a lot of the times. The thing with me is just I can't decide what to wear. <laughs> what to wear. That's he it. It will take like 30 minutes to an hour Ooh. just trying to get dressed. Uh, yeah. so... so is it be- is it because he's <laughs> trying to get dressed to impress you? No, he's, you know, he's very um, particular about the things that he wears. Very... Right. Um, you know, 
the way he dresses, he really like thinks about it, and like he'll be like, "I don't think the gray pants go with the black shoes. I think I need to try a different pair." And then he's gone through like six pairs of pants, and I'm just there <laughs> like, maybe I think, you know, anything works at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, when when I first met Rafi, and I think I, I believe I wrote an article about him, or I did a video with him, and uh, someone commented there, "This guy looks like Christopher Reeve, you know, Superman." So obviously, Rafi's got to make sure the style goes with the reputation, right? <laughs> Dude, it's actually really funny. I think um, after '81, season '81, after we won back to back, we were thanking the offices of Panathenaio. And in one specific office, it was like, oh my gosh, si Clark Kent yan, Ateneo, And I was like, I don't, I don't think I look like Superman and stuff like that. And they were just like, oh my gosh, can you do the pose, blah, blah, Like, where's your glasses, pal? I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So did you do the pose? Can you do the pose for us? Oh, man. I'm tripping with you. I told them, I told them, I was like, I can't do that. But if you give me glasses, I can wear glasses. Uh You know, back to your point earlier too about video games, I just want to add this. People who play video games are more intense with their trash talk than basketball players even are. It's it's pretty crazy. Like the the stuff you hear will like shatter your soul, yeah, uh, make you question humanity and all that jazz, right? But I love the that you brought up season 81 too. Uh, casually mentioned back to back too. I like that. Sly, slick, very good. Uh, but let's get to that topic because Franny, you were a courtside reporter for season eighty one and season eighty two. Hence why I mentioned earlier the lucky charm because two years as courtside reporter, two championships doesn't always happen in the UAAP. So let's start with you, Franny. Let's go to the season eighty one roster that Rafi was a part of. That was the second championship, the second of three straight. What did you just notice right away about the team? You know, being around them every day, being in practices, being at the locker rooms, being in the games, hearing Coach Tab's speeches, you know, maybe looking at Rafi every now and then. So what did you notice the most from that uh, UAP season? Hey, I'd just like to, like, disclose this information. But, like, Rafi had a crush on me. It's not Ooh, me having a crush so on wrong. Rafi. So <laughs> false, false accusation. But it's okay. Uh, I'll let it slide. but i guess um things i noticed from the team uh i guess like for me the biggest change i saw was um especially coming into the very first game of the season when they lost to adamson um the vibe was just very very different um i feel like the team that uh started the season in that first game is or was already so different from the key, the team that played in their second game. Um, I guess that was just, it's just a testament to how Coach Tab trains them, the brotherhood that they have, um, their dedication to the, to the UAAP, to the game. And um, I actually want to go back on that, like brotherhood. Um, I don't think I've seen a team more... Um, brotherly or more in love with each other than these guys. Um, it's something that Coach Tab always, always, always mentions, and it's something that you know you see on the court, but it's even more interesting and more. Um, it to see it in practice um, really 
shows or it, it explains everything that you see on the court and why they won their second championship that year. Yeah, you know, um, Bebop, that's what you guys used to say a lot, right, Raf? Bebop, Blue Eagles, Band of Brothers. And that was established as early as 2016, even the year you guys made the finals but lost to LaSalle. You know, I think the fact that you guys even made the finals that year, considering all the players you guys lost, like CJ Arvin during the offseason, was an incredible accomplishment. And you were so close to winning that game one when Matt almost had the game winner. But of course, you come back next year, win the championship. You had two losses in season 81 against Adamson in the opener, and there was one more loss against FEU. You guys didn't lose a lot of games before the UAP was cancelled due to the pandemic. So how was it like in the locker room after every loss? Let's let's take it to those two losses, Rafi, Adamson and FEU, because you guys went all the way to sweep your way to the championship anyway. But how was the locker room vibe every time there's a loss? I mean, after a loss, it's like we lost season. That's how... Coach Tab treated it, and that's how we treated it. I mean, it was very gloomy, man. I mean, everyone, it's like as soon as the game ends and you know we lost, it's like everyone already knows what they need to work on. It's like everyone knows what they what they did in the game was wrong, and they fix it immediately in practice. Or, and then, like what Fran said, the next game, you know, we mature as we go. But locker room, it's, it's crazy. I, I think, I, I'm not sure it was F.U. or Adamson, but I think it was Adamson that where as soon as we lost that game, Coach Tab just came in furious. As in, like, steam coming out of his ears, you know, mouth, his nose, everything, and he was just full-on, like, so pissed. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah, and, like, he just went on. We were in the locker room for maybe, like, an hour, an hour, 20 minutes, talking about the game, what went wrong, what we needed to do, and stuff like that. And the next day, we came into practice, and we had it, like, three-hour to four-hour film session. It was dreadful. Oh, film sessions are the best, right? You just love love to sit there for three hours. Love film, man. Love film sessions. Not not when it's with, you know, Coach Tab, three hours and just ripping everyone, a new one. But how does he rip how does he rip you off? Does he just go in and tell you, like, you're playing, like, crap here? Does he just, like, he's no filter when he starts going? It's I see Rappi no nodding her head. It's literally no filter with Coach Tab. I mean, Do you it's... remember the craziest thing he ever told you? Maybe not that season, but in your time in Ateneo. What's the one that really sinks in the most? What he's told me? Like, the craziest thing he's ever told me? No, nope, that you'll never forget. Yeah. Man, I don't think there was a point in time where he literally like you know went at my throat a lot you know i don't think there was one time where he i mean there were many times where he's you know singled me out you know told me this and that right i think i think the worst thing he possibly ever said to me was man you're playing like shit like pick it up (laughs) or not like you're off this like literally he's like or not you're off this fucking team like i brought you i brought you in from cal i'm not sure if that's how it went but i took it like that you know, I, I, I interpreted that way and I used that, you know, to fix whatever I had going on then. And, you know, I don't know. It's just something about Coach Tab when he, you know, talks shit to you. It's more of, you know, uh, something that gets you down, but at the same time gets you right back up your feet. You know? Right, right. 
Franny, so that Adamson loss was your first ever game being a courtside reporter. So that must have been amazing to walk into that locker room right after the game. Uh, so what do you remember from that day? And what are your best memories of um, Coach Tab like really getting on the players for not living up to the potential? Um. I actually don't go into the locker room after the games. Um, whether Coach Tab is in a good mood or a bad mood, um, and even though they win the game, they haven't, you know, had a loss since I, I lost count already. But you know, there were still times he'd enter the locker room like pissed or upset with their performance. So I don't enter the locker room after games just for you know my own sake. I'd rather avoid it, but you know. <laughs> Coach Tab is, he's, you know, he goes hard during training because he expects the boys to perform well in game. Like, um, he's very, you know, ev- he tries to teach them everything that they can learn in training and, you know, grills them in training so that come game time, they perform their absolute best. They follow the right. system. They make sure they're you know, contributing the way they should. I don't know if I remember any particular time um, of Coach Tab, like, really, really grilling them. But, you know, I've always looked forward to his speeches to the guys. Um, He's a great speaker. Um, We all know that. We've had, like, we've, you know, watched several interviews of him. But the way he speaks to the guys to rally them or to, you know... um, inspire them or get them in the right mindset sometimes you know it it gets it inspires me it makes me feel like i'm gonna go on the court and i'm about to you know shoot some threes or something like he's just it's just the type of person that he is and i mean there's a reason why ateneo won you know three championships and there's a reason why you know he's with gilas right now and doing what he's doing with that program when you were saying there's a reason why Ateneo won three championships, I thought you were about to point to Rafi's screen and maybe say, you know, he might be the reason why. But just joking about that. <laughs> Let's go to uh, some courtside diaries because a lot of viewers watch you courtside reporters on the screen, right? Like you're there, you're reading something on the card and the camera fades away and you read it. And viewers might be like, oh, you know, that." some might say, oh, that's easy. Some might say... Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, whatnot, or they'll they'll not even judge the reporting aspect of it. Sometimes they might even just judge the reporters based on their appearance, which which still happens. Yep. Uh, yep. Not only in this country, but a lot of areas in the world. So maybe you could just share because there might be someone in the future who's also interested to apply as a courtside reporter. So what are some of your memories of challenges that you had when you first got into courtside reporting? Maybe some mistakes that you learned from. And some of the unseen obstacles along the way, like how, for example, you know, in a male-dominated sport, sometimes being a female can have its challenges. Um, or sometimes um, you're trying to get information, but people aren't exactly the kindest. Just tell us more about some of the obstacles you have to jump through. Well, um, I auditioned to be a quiet side reporter because I had already been watching the games for a really long time. It was like something um, that my friends joked about with me, like, if anyone's going to be a quiet side reporter, it's you. But I never took it seriously until the opportunity 
um, arose. And then I just, you know, I told myself, I'm gonna go for it and then just see what happens. And what was challenging was understanding the game, not just as a fan, not just as like a casual viewer, but as someone who, um, you know, saw more of the technical side of things. Um, admittedly, like, I, I didn't super, super pay attention to all those technical aspects because I just enjoyed the game. I enjoyed watching, you know, the teams fight fight it out. Um, I enjoyed watching the teams, you know, uh, race to the finals and to see who, was, uh, who would end up um, the champion for that season. So that was, like, something that I really worked on personally. I studied the game as much as I could and then I thought I was ready after that. And then the next challenge um, came up, which was how do I make sure that this, the, the reports I am sharing are you know, substantial, that they're clear, and that I'm um, delivering these reports correctly or um, in such a way that you know, the viewer or the audience really gets what I'm trying to say. And it took a while because, again, like I started out as a fan. I still am a fan. And it's so hard not to get into the game and let, you know, what's happening in the game affect you emotionally. Personally, I'm not someone who can, like, watch a whole game and, like, smile the whole time. Like, I get frustrated when I see that the team's not doing well. And that was something I had to unlearn. I had to take myself, um, I had to take the fan in me out and look at it as a reporter um objectively um, correct yeah yes but you know there then you know then it came it then i understood that okay no there's some aspects to reporting where being a fan still matters because in being a fan that that's where i'm able to connect to the people watching and that's how the people watching you know appreciate what I have to say more than just, you know, a report saying that this player had this many rebounds, but it's not translating um, into rebounds for the team. It's also understanding, like, why um, this player did especially well on this day. Was there, like, um, is the day, like, important to them? Or is this, is there a story that I could tell that really matters? Like, I remember... In season 81, during the volleyball season, um, Kim Hekeliana was playing exceptionally well this one game. And it just so happened it was the five-year anniversary of the Lady Eagles' Cinderella run. And mm. of the 81 lineup, Kim Hekeliana was the only, is the only player from the Cinderella run team. So I mentioned it. I think my anchor at the time was Martin Javier, um, and he picked up on it quickly, and he was able to expound on it more, and it just made for like great storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was a lot of you know, who am I as a fan, then as a reporter, then as you know a storyteller, and right. it's it's um it I think it's still like a constant process of learning, unlearning, uh, learning new things, and it's. It's, it's really fun. It's definitely fun. I have, like, this insider access to the sports world. But, like, like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of things um, mm. that I also do have to face just because I'm a girl. Um, I've had conversations with, like, guys, and they're like, wow, I didn't know you, you thought about the game <laughs> that way. Or they'll be like, oh, I didn't think you, you noticed the 
um, number of box outs and all that. And to me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I was the courtsider fighter for a reason. And I right. came back for my second season for a reason. So right. sometimes it's having to prove myself to these people when, you know, in reality, I don't have anything to prove to them. At the end Correct. of the day, it's only, you know, the opinions that matter are those that I look up to, the, the people that I work with, and uh, those closest to me because, you know, they're the ones who know what they're doing. And I guess, like, on the other side of things, I had to also deal with, like, harassment, which mm. um, I guess isn't something that gets talked about a lot, I guess, because, you know, we we report on TV sometimes, um some fans or even some guys think it's like an opportunity to uh, harass us, the girls especially. Um, and we're lucky enough that um, the, there are people who help us. Um, like the guys have been helpful. They know, like I've mentioned it to them um, in the past. So they're, they, you know, they watch out for me if I'm feeling uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. The other courtside reporters, um, like Dip, Dipianco, Migs Gomez, they were also really helpful in making sure that we felt safe. But at the end of the day, you know, these are things that we still shouldn't have to deal with. But just because we're women, they're things that we go through. That's true. So first of all, you were also you also returned for a second year of courtside duty, which doesn't happen to everyone, which goes to say a lot about your skills in reporting. I had a podcast a few months ago with Siege Tantenko, and of course, Siege has always been a very strong ambassador when it comes to gender equality in sports in the Philippines. And one of the things she mentioned to me when she was a courtside reporter was that the expectation for female courtside reporters, especially when they report in basketball, is to find a boyfriend. That's what they say. Now, for, for full disclosure, if anyone's listening to this and are, are thinking, well, Rafi and Franny are together, these two got together after Franny was done being a courtside reporter. So that's important to point out. So, Franny, what do you feel about that kind of perceived notion about courtside reporters? And for you, Rafi, you can add to that maybe by saying... How does it make you feel as a guy that other guys are going out of their way to kind of, you know, harass female courtside reporters? Um, well, I'd like to just like point out that, you know, I, I think, you know, that's a really, I think it's a really harmful perception that people have of female courtside reporters. They think that we go into sports just because we want to find like a boyfriend which isn't too. Um, I when I was a courtside reporter, I had a boyfriend, um, but you know that relationship didn't work out, and it. I I think to me it just sucks to see that some people still won't take me seriously just because I'm a girl. Um, there's like this thinking that oh the girls only care about sports because boys are into sports, but you have strong females in sports who, you know, couldn't care less. You have people like Camille Clarin, who's um, speaking up for women in basketball. You have Jack Animam, who's now who's now playing in Serbia. You have people, like you mentioned, Siege, who really stand up for women in sports. And you also have, you know, um, people like Denise Dinsai, who was a courtside reporter, then started 
um, anchoring in the PVL for volleyball, and then now she's a newscaster. Um, I think that when people box other people into certain categories or stereotypes, it just prevents people from growing and from, you know, being more empathetic to other people. When Raf and I like got into a relationship, um, we had we were just honestly it was like a surprise to both of us. We we started out like as just good friends, and you know it just developed into something more. But it doesn't take away from me as a courtside reporter or as someone who likes to, um, you know, who enjoys sports, someone who likes to produce content related to. Uh, someone who's doing athlete. her passion, right? Yes, someone who's exactly. like, doing her passion, yeah. How do you feel about all this, you know, verbal, sometimes might be even worse kind of harassment, Rafi, especially when it's someone who back then I'm guessing you knew as a good friend? I mean, it's honestly super disgusting in my opinion. Like, I don't like when people do that. And I know, I think season 81, there's this one instance where I think Fran told me about someone that was, you know, kind of, harassing her blah 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 and this and that and it was a fan and stuff and I just you know I told her anytime you need like to get away from him or or this or that you know you let me know I'll I'll, I'll go help you out because I just that I can't let that fly man I mean it's it's I think just out of this world disrespectful you know I mean as a guy I respect women who do this type of stuff you know it's I'm, I'm one of those guys that are like yeah like you need to start treating women as equal as us men in sports and, you know, casting or, you know, like analytical-wise. Like, you need to cut, like, that stereotypical mindset that us got, like, some guys have. That girls can't do this and they can't do this just because, you know, they're a girl. You know, like, there, there are many girls that can do some guys' job way better than them, you know, but they don't get that, they don't get that limelight because they're, you know, a girl and they're sexualized like that, you know. Yep. So I just, I, it doesn't fly with me, man. Just, yeah. yeah, some of the female ballers in the UAP could totally outplay the guy ballers in certain teams. Uh, <laughs> let's not get into that specifically, <laughs> no? but let's just leave it there. Uh, all right, so let's change topic here a little bit. Rafi, you've been spending a lot of time gaming now, right? And I'm guessing you have other hobbies too, like you mentioned meditating and reading. But we've also discussed in so many mediums about how important mental health is at a time like this, at a time like the pandemic, uh, especially when you have such a, a, such a specific routine you've followed for years and suddenly you just have to change that all around. So what have been the ways, aside from meditation, that you've been able to kind of keep your mind steady and not too high, not too low? Uh Honestly, the way I cope with stuff like that, like mental health and stuff, is like, you know, I would like to have someone there for me, you know. Like, there's times or, like, even, like, a week or so, Fran notices that, like, I'm very dull and, like, I'm not even myself. And then I tell her later on, because, like, with me, I keep a lot of things to myself. You know, I'm not more of a guy that likes to express myself to a lot of, a lot of people or, like, you know, extremely open up. But I think one way you can deal with stuff like that is, you know, try and, try and keep busy. Find something new to learn or, you know, something old to go back on to work on in yourself. Like, I don't know, before me, I used to, you know, 
want to get into like cooking and stuff. I I love to cook, but then I was never really super super good at it. But then now it's like I can cook, you know, certain stuff, you know, like starting easy like pasta, salmon, steak, and all that, you know, mm. easy stuff, chicken. And I think that's. I, I can think of one person who's very happy about this new hobby of yours. But keep going. <laughs> I think she would think otherwise because she thinks she's a better cook than me. But uh, it's okay. But yeah, I think just finding you know those small things to do during your free time and not try and isolate yourself too much. You know, I right. think that's when we're we're most vulnerable when we when we feel as lonely. You know, and that's when we start doubting ourselves, start thinking had this overthinking second thought right. that I try and usually I try and get like that into working out so like if mm. I feel dull you know I just get that into my workout you know I, I bust in a quick you know hit workout or you know do my workout plan for the day you know are you still trying to work out every day is that your current plan still yeah I usually work out every day here and there and you know um, I have a ball here thank God at home so you know I try and get I do dribbling drills and all that, and you know, shooting. I don't know who, but yeah. No one, no one's complained about the ball bouncing all the time yet. I'm pretty sure my neighbors are complaining, but uh, <laughs> they haven't told me anything yet, so I think I'm good. <laughs> well, if ever you can always go to a Franny's and just dribble the ball there, right? That should be. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe you know she doesn't get disturbed while she works. <laughs> all right, so. There's something I want to ask Franny now because a few months ago, before I started expanding into other media platforms, I was kind of just concentrated on my writing for Rappler. But now, you know, I'm trying to get more content on YouTube and Spotify, like this podcast, Instagram. I'm on Canva now more than I think I've been in Canva more the last few months than I was my whole life before that, just because it's so accessible, right? But one of the challenges I kind of find at times, is to disconnect. You know, when your job is content creation, you're in social media all the time, and you got all these accounts and all these messages and comments, and, you know, sometimes you think, okay, how many likes do my posts get? You know, like the people I'm maybe in the same industry with, how are they doing sometimes? It's so much easier to say in theory sometimes, okay, I'm just going to focus on myself and just worry about that and not let the outside noise kick in. But we're all human beings. So I think it's okay to admit that every now and then there are other aspects and external factors that play into our perspectives a little bit, you know? So Franny, obviously you've done this longer than I have and you're doing it at a larger scale too. When it comes to content creation and just being connected to social media and platforms all the time, how do you balance it? Well, you know, to keep it simple, how do you balance it while you keep your sanity? Oh, it's hard. Oftentimes, I don't feel sane anymore. <laughs> but I think um, a, a tip I got from um, my executive producer, shout out to Clev Mayuga. She's great. She teaches me so many things. But it helps to follow accounts that keep you inspired. In her case, kind, kind of curate the content you're yeah. seeing, right? Yeah. So she likes to watch um, or she likes to follow accounts that inspire her, whether it's in uh, whether it's sports content or different um, storytelling uh, mediums. That's what she likes to do. She also gave me advice to, you know, take the time to just uh, consume media just for fun without trying to see, like, what can I take from this that I like? 
what can I take from this that I don't like and maybe like improve on in my own content. So those tips have really helped me. But you know, admittedly, it it it's it's hard when you know there's not much to do these days. We're all stuck at home. The easiest thing to do is to go on your phone and then check social media. Uh, personally, I try to stay off social media now, um, which might seem confusing because I've been posting so much lately. And I, I think, well, like for me, I, I spend more time on like platforms like YouTube where I can just watch things mindlessly. Um, other times I... Like I, recently, I got into doing puzzles with my mom and my sister. So we have like a stack of puzzles just waiting for us. And you know, when we're when we're feeling tired for whatever reason, we just like start like a portion of the puzzle. It I it I think it really helps to find things that are offline and you know to try and disconnect. Or maybe it's just making right. sure you're following the right things that stimulate your mind in the in a good way and it helps that the content i've been creating inspires me i i I really enjoy talking to athletes and getting to know them aside from you know outside of their sport um it it makes me hopeful you know that Mm. this pandemic will end and that we can watch (laughs) sports again so i guess I don't know if I answered your question, but you you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I get it too because kind of for your mental health, too, we were discussing this earlier. But it's good to disconnect sometimes, uh, to just refresh. You know what I mean? Kind of detoxify from social mm-hmm. media, because it's not only your physical body you gotta take care of; it's your mind too, it's your spirit too, your spirit and your soul and all that jazz. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I hope this pandemic ends soon, too. I have hope. Uh, I'm going to need my wedding to push through this year. So let's pray for that, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So we're about pushing at 40 minutes here. It's been a great conversation. But before we end, I want to play a little bit of a quick rapid fire round, which I normally do with the people I have with my pod. So I'm just going to ask whatever question comes to my mind. I totally did not prepare any advanced questions for this because I think uh, if my questions come out naturally, your answers will be naturally too. So my only rule for both of you is uh, whether I ask you as individuals or ask you as a pair, you guys have to blurt the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? As simple as that. I know it's going to be fun. I can't promise it's going to be the most innocent questions, but... (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, before we get to the questions though I just want to tell everyone do follow me also on Facebook and YouTube that's Naveed Ganglani or Navs Ganglani uh, and also my Twitter at Naveed Ganglani of course search Rafi Barana and Franny Reyes on all social media platforms as well and maybe you'll get to see Rafi cuss out a few guys uh, in Filipino (laughs) or something like okay uh, let's let's start rapid fire round okay both of you gotta answer this at the same time All right. okay First question, who is the more patient driver on the road? Me. No. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree. All right. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. Who looks better in blue? Me. Rafi? Yeah. Me. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. He does wear the Blue Eagle jersey. Uh, 
All right. Name me the three people. I guess this one you can think about it a little bit. Name me the three people that each of you would love to have dinner with. And this three people could be anyone from the history of time, past, present, or even future. So um, since Rafi's a gentleman, we'll go ladies first. Franny, you can answer first. <laughs> um, okay. I would love to have dinner with Doris Burke. I'd just love to pick her brain, see what I can learn, how I can get on her level. Um, the next two, this is a hard one. Um, I would like to have dinner with, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Um, 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 um. Oh my gosh! Can I pass first? Yeah. All, all right. Let, let's go one. Let's go one by one by one. So Franny mentioned one. Rafi, give me your first one next. I think I have to have dinner with. I think I would have to go with my man, Kobe man. Love oh, to have yes. dinner with him. I mean, I can Kobe I can man. finish because I, I I have all three. Go, go for it. Yeah. Who are your <laughs> other two? I mean, I got three. So my first one would be Kobe for sure. Um, I think I would wanna. I would love to have dinner with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I feel Ooh. like I feel like his energy and my energy are kind of up to par, and that dude is hilarious. So you know, I love to for sure. To we gotta and get you in a Jungle Cruise movie soon. Right? <laughs> yeah, please, man. And then uh, my third one, I think um, my my great grandfather because uh, uh-huh. so my my dad's dad uh, passed awesome. away when I was a little younger, and I didn't really have as many memories again. So I think I would love to talk to him if I could. Very nice. Very, very thoughtful. How about you, Franny? Okay, so second, I would like to have dinner with maybe um, Audrey Hepburn or Ooh, Carrie Fisher. I, 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 I like watching old movies, especially old musicals. Um, Funny Face is like one of my favorites. And so is uh, Singing in the Rain. Plus, if it's Carrie Fisher, I feel like she can like share me stories about Star Wars and what it was like. Oh, yeah. That. So I don't know if that counts as two more names, but... That does count, yeah. Two <laughs> names. Awesome, awesome. All right, next. Uh, wait, before we get to the next one, I know, Franny, you're a coffee drinker. How about you, Rafi? Yep. You drink coffee too? No, not really. But I've started drinking a little bit of coffee to get my myself up in the morning but not not really all right so let's go to franny with this what's your top three coffees in manila so you gotta give the coffee shop and you gotta give the type of coffee you order i don't think maybe like i maybe i'm not quite the coffee connoisseur i kind of just like you know my nespresso at home and then Mm. on depending on the day if i want an iced mocha or if i want like a um, uh, a dirty horchata. Oh, okay. Ooh. Actually, I do have an answer. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite coffees is from Wildflower. It's called an iced cubano, cubano. Ooh. So it's quite milky, but um, it's it has cinnamon in it, and it's just so 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 good. Definitely worth the calories, in my opinion. Um, another one, I guess, would be like my go-to Starbucks drink that. It became my go-to because of um, all the games I used to go to. Um, so it's like an iced white chocolate mocha. Yum. Delicious. Right, right. And then my last coffee. Hmm. 
I can't remember where. I think it was Single Origins. Um, I can't remember uh, what I got. Might have had chocolate in it, but it was really good. Awesome, awesome. So whenever you, if anyone is listening to this and will go to Single Origin, just tell them in the counter you might chocolate, then they'll yeah. solve it. <laughs> I think I think that's Verona chocolate. Now that I remember yes. too. Yeah. Oh my Ooh, gosh. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a similar last name. Someone who might be in the squad too. All right. Let me uh, segue to the. Oh, this one's a good one. I gotta ask. I know it's a little juicy, but um, how was Rafi like in the first date? Nervous. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I came in with self confidence, and she just fell off. I had to pick her up. That's it. That's all Did I you get the? Did you get the bill or did you both decide to split it 2021 style? Of course. I got the bill. First day I told hey. the first date, I'll get the bill. I, I oh, yeah, he did he did say that. He did say that. That's that's okay. very nice. Where was it? Was it a resto? It was in Hapag in Katipunan. Damn! Hapag! Look at you go, bro! Yeah. I like that. This okay, the story behind this is that we, cause like we st- we were just good friends, and we kind of just didn't know like if it was something more already. So once we kind of talked it out, then we realized like, oh, we never did like the whole date thing. So if we're if we were ever to like do it or like at the for the first date at least, then we decided okay, maybe let's like do something nice since it's right. so new to us. Right, right. That's nice. Well, Hapog is like setting the standard high so props to you for that Rapsi. all right so this one's the last one for both of you uh one i guess one word or one sentence one phrase um yeah let's do one phrase best part of being an atenean so whoever when someone is ready go for it yeah i think for me the environment you know, there's a whole lot of different people you can see in Ateneo. You know, you have, you have a lot of people, like a lot of foreigners. You have the straight-up Pinoy Filipino people. And then you have right. a mix of those people. I think I would fall into the mix of those people because I am I'm Konyo as heck. So <laughs> I, I, I can fall into that. And I can also fall into like kind of like a foreigner type of thing. But yeah, I think the environment there is so so out there. And that's what I think I like about it. You're exposed so you, to a lot of different things. So your social standing is kind of like your game. Whatever you need, Rafi's got you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Franny? Um, kind of, or maybe, okay. Commute, for me, it would also be environment, but like in a different sense. And to add like community, um, I feel like there's just something uh, unique about the Ateneo campus. Um, like personally, when I'm in Ateneo, I feel like a sense of calm. And it's just nice to walk around, um, feel like the breeze. Um, when, I, when I was still in school and I was having like a stressful day, sometimes it would help me just to walk around. I guess the same actually could be said for like the UP campus, like when you walk along the UP Oval, which is really nice. It it it's that sense of like um, you're in a safe place and you can just you know de-stress. Sense of belongingness to some yeah. degree too. 
yeah, I'd like to yes. think that part, like to some mix, to some degree, I'm an honorary um, ISCA. Because <laughs> right. I just love I love the UP campus so much, and it's similar to Ateneo in that sense. And like Raf said, like community definitely you can find you can meet so many people, whether they're still a student, they're not a student, or maybe they just work um, in Ateneo or have some relation to it. And you can just get you'll just get along with the person. I remember I went to the BIR once, and I was so so stressed and then the lady or the officer who attended to me was like aren't you like you look familiar and then she mentioned that her son's in grade school and she's so her son goes to Ateneo and um she was just really nice to me and helped me feel less anxious about you know all the taxes I had to pay that day so environment and community Kudos to you for taking the adult way too of paying your taxes. Props. All right. So before we say goodbye, guys, want to plug anything you guys might have coming up or where they can follow you or where they might see your work. Maybe you're after your gaming friend, your content creation. Let it go. Um, for me, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Franny Reyes. On Twitter, it's at Franny Reyes with two S's. And definitely follow um, Puso Pilipinas on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, we do a lot of um, content with athletes. Allow, we allow them to you know, be themselves and just share a part of themselves with us. So it's great for all the sports fans who are dying without sports right now. For me, on Twitter and Instagram, Rafi Verano. And uh, if you want to run some Valorant games, I might host a tournament coming up soon for, you know, everybody. So you can slide into my DMs if you would like. Definitely. But slide in just for the Valorant, guys. Piece of advice. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, Franny, Rafi. More power to both of you. Best of luck. And thanks for coming.